Check, check, check. What's up, everybody? Can you hear me? Oh my God. All right, all right. Check one, check two. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. With your host, me, Rob Cantrell. Oh man, I got an exciting episode, a dope episode. We are at a coffee shop, variety coffee shop in the Manhattan, in the island. I'm hanging with a good friend. She is an awesome comedian, awesome writer, awesome actress. She also has played in two bands that I want to talk about. Uh, Tigers and Monkey and Ultra Baby Bell. Please give it up to Shanali Bowman. Thank you, Rob. This is, let me just tell you, and you know this, but seeing you is always a highlight to any day that I see you. So getting to be with you on your podcast, I feel so honored, so happy. Nolly, I feel the same way about you. <laughs> you inspire me. You are fresh, musically dope, comedically funny, and out there. But you also have your shit together. Like Shanali is a musician. You can go Google her up. She was on one of the... Uh, best sketch groups in New York when I was around in the early aughts called Variety Shack, uh, which was like four really funny girls. That, and uh, and Shanali was also a musician that toured with David Cross on his first album, or second album. Uh, his first tour, like rock and roll tour. Rock and roll tour, yeah. but I remember that stand-up album, and he has a bunch, but I think that's like his best one. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, that was a time, it captured a time in our lives, like all about roughing it and doing it, you know, sleeping on floors and just hanging and getting shit out of our system, you know? It was a really good time. rock star for real. (laughs) But you also have a law degree, so I don't, you can't mess around with this chick. But at the same time, no, she lived the rock and roll life. That's true. all the, those cool little um, rock clubs played a massive, you have a great guitar, you can Thank play you. and sing on tune, which is very hard, we talk about this. Yes. Uh, and playing at the same time, playing a guitar and singing at the same time is so hard. Thank you, Rob, for recognizing, because that, that's something that people don't know, that like, doing those two things at one time. I mean, when I first started to put them together, I remember just being like, (gasps) first it was sitting down and playing and singing, and then it was standing up and doing those two things at one time was a whole other world. (laughs) No, I've just played, I've been playing bad guitar for like 10 years. I played violin when I was young, but I was forced to do it, so I shied away from music and I just ran. Oh, you would be a sweet violin player, I know. Oh, I rock the Suzuki method, like you don't even know. Uh, We had free lessons at the public school in D.C. It was on Saturday morning. I had to go for for three hours. Jeez. This is like the early 70s. It was like this city pro, uh, uh, program that you could send your kid for free, and it was like classical violinists. Oh, you were so cute. Did and you have a big so fro young. back then? Too? Oh, yeah. My hair oh, was crazy. So it was cute. crazy 70s. Love I was hanging it. out in alleys and running around on a bike and, uh, <laughs> and playing the violin. So cool. Uh, but I've been playing bad guitar, but I love a Bo Diddley beat. And so I do a Bo Diddley. And then I try to sing, but it's so hard. Like, it's, it's, no, it's, you know, I just started with a simple rhythm. That's but then it. I tried to sing with it, and it's like, and I've been doing stand-up for a while before I started really, like, kind of pushing forward on it. Yeah. And yeah, it's just massive respect. It's Thank two you. different things. Totally it's timing. It's, uh, and then you have to do performance. Right. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. And, you know, you, you do stand-up, you know that's even a thing. Like, there are stand-up comedians that just stand totally still. And, and many of them are amazing doing that. But it's also because it's not easy to move at the same time and just be yourself. Like, it's like a whole thing. And that's the same with performing on guitar and singing. It's like, you start out thinking like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like Eddie Van Halen, whatever. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna be David Lee Roth. Like that's, I mean, and meanwhile, David Lee Roth's not playing guitar on stage. Not that he needs to, because he's amazing. He is, he is amazing, amazing, but it is. Yeah, vocals and, and guitar playing are two different. Run around, brain things. Totally, totally, yeah. and it's like, I mean, it's it's that thing. Once you actually attempt to do the things 
that your idols do and then you're like oh man they're talented like you realize how hard it is yes oh everyone else sits down in their freaking couches and judges and it's like i could do that well you know try it yeah, that's that movie thing. sucks <laughs> it's like you try to get 200 people together pay their bills yeah. get them on set on time it's and shoot hard. everything same it's thing hard. with stand-up yeah, yeah. Was, oh specifically i shied away from stand-up until i was 27. Wow. Because I knew it was going to be so hard. Like, right. I knew in my heart. I was like, you knew I want to do it, but I just knew. And guess what? Yeah. When I started doing it, guess what? It was harder. It was harder than it you was thought. harder than I even dreamt it was going to be. But that's it was right. even a bigger rush. Like, I don't know. I, I, I do love performing. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is yeah. I've been doing it for 19, 20 years now, yeah. and I'm always still scared. Right. And I still don't know what I'm doing when I'm yes. up there. Just the other night, I did two sets. I did a benefit. I had to warm up. I hadn't been on stage for a week, and a half. And it was like I started all over. All over again. Yeah, it is just I did. fucking thing. I was telling you that. Like, you know, like, you, you're you're a pro stand-up. I'm an experimental stand-up. I no, love it. you're a pro. You can rock it. I, I just, I love it. I love just getting things out, trying new things. I think it frees you up in every else, every aspect of your life, no matter yeah, what. It's very noble. I, yeah. I've downed it a couple times, but now that you're talking about it, right. it, is, it is, you're getting a lot of stuff out, but all art's like that. Right. And it's all kind of hard and weird. You were just saying, like, I hadn't performed. This pandemic really shut me down. We talked about yeah, this, like, par paralysis. And then, like, with Trump, with freaking George Floyd, with a pandemic, that alone was exhausting and really hard. Yeah. And then I lost my dad. I told you that. No. I lost a brother-in-law, so which oh, is so incredibly sorry. crazy tough. And in that in my head, I was like, how do you get back on stage again? And when all this seemingly important stuff is affecting you. But the fact is, what we do, no matter how often we might be self-deprecating, be like, it's ego-driven. The fact is, I love seeing you perform. I love seeing people on stage. I love seeing people try new things out. I love being in small rooms where I'm the first to see a new band that's not huge. I want to be there when they're figuring it out. That turns me on. So, and vice versa, it's like, I have things to say. Why not? Like, own that space. Take it up, whatever. People inviting me to do shows, I'm gonna do it. So I got on stage two nights ago for the first time in stand-up for three years. And I mean, like you said, I think I was so scared that I were, I was, I was, one of my friends said they walked by my apartment, they saw me in the window, I didn't know it. They were like, you look like an animated superhero up there. And I was like, she was like, what were you doing? I was like, oh shit, I was doing my stand-up. I was, I was rehearsing. Oh, I get it. I get That's it. it. Uh, and, you were uh, taking it serious. No, right. 100% respect because I know how hard it is. And, mm -hmm. and as long as I'm, and you're talking yeah. to a dude that's bombed a ton. <laughs> right. Bombing just sucks. It hurts. And especially if you, all the trauma that you just went through. Yes. You definitely don't want to be up there super bombing. You want a little bit. Yes. You, don't want to do, you don't want the super soul. Oh, my back hurts. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know. Exactly. Give it all up here in a minute. But, uh, exactly. You don't want that shit. So you took it serious. I, I took it seriously because yeah, I, I was like, I'm not I'm getting the same up there. Way. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm not gonna smoke any weed. I'm gonna write this shit down. I'm gonna yeah. listen to my old sets. Yes. Dancing we have to, right? Yeah, I mean, you're going to battle. You're going to battle. First yeah. time, not doing. It. I mean, over time, you build up your muscles again, and this is with music too, you know. But like, yeah. I'm, I've got to build up my calluses again. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had calluses since I was 15, and I remember a time, you know, I was like, I will never not have my calluses. Like that's a lifelong, the dance in my fingers. And this pandemic, I got soft. I mean, I started, I did perform the other night, but it's like, for me, it's like a war wound, a, a, a battle scar I'm proud of, you know, like, Oh, I yeah, won. you're a real musician when you have, I, mine are kind of calloused up. I've been, I try to do like 10 minutes on my acoustic. I've been doing Good. the on uh, Jerry, uh, uh, Grateful Dead, oh. which is just a Bo Diddley two thing. But I like that. That's good. Yeah, it's, it, it, I use it to get off my phone, Ooh. stuff like that. That's mm -hmm. what I kind of use mm -hmm. guitar playing for. Uh, but best. you're the real deal, and you're from Nashville. So I'm I from Nashville, yeah. Which is the hottest and hippest place right now. It, but it, 
but it used to be just like country music, on. business, and small town southern yeah. stuff. Yeah. Now it's kind of gotten a little it's LA, like the Hollywood. hot city. Yeah. yeah, we call it Nash Vegas. Yeah, you know? Nash like, Vegas. For and, sure. and like, it's for me, like, you know, I'm Indian American for those of you, you probably could tell by my name, but my parents immigrated from India. They went Best to. That's backstory. <laughs> I love India and I love meditation and I just, uh, I love East. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. You know, so they came to Nashville. My dad was a professor there. My mom owned a business. They still, my house is the house I grew up in. So Nashville is an extension of me. And most people wouldn't believe that until like you could hear my southern accent. But yeah, you got it, the southern. I love being from there and music. Definitely, I knew it was in me. My parents loved music, but the fact that I had a community of friends who had guitars as little kids, who had studios I could mess around with as a kid, all those people are still my friends. And we we were definitely kids that were like, oh, we're we're rockers, we're punk rockers. Like we sort of believed. Nashville was too small for us because it was just country music. But at the same time, we dug old school country, right? My first doll was named Johnny Cash. I named a little clown doll that was my favorite doll, Johnny Cash. My parents are from India. I mean, they they bought me some Johnny Cash records, but it just shows you how it's in you. Yeah, that, oh, it's in you. You're the real deal. And I was talking to somebody the other night, Mm -hmm. and I am a little bit biased in mm-hmm. terms of music. And I love hip hop, and I think New York is like the birth of hip hop. Yes. But the thing about the sound is the music, like a percussionist from the south, you get a southern drummer yeah. or a southern rhythm guitar, like it's a pocket. It just swings, man, because everybody's so laid back and it cuts into the music. Thank you. And so rock and roll and country is very rich and soulful. Yeah. And Johnny Cash was definitely one of those that cut like a knife, whether you hated. Like, because we remember Cheesy Country, Alabama was big. Yes! (laughs) Which also, they had a couple good cuts. Yes! I mean, that's crazy, because my best friend, who I grew up with playing music with, her dad wrote Love in the First Degree, which was the number one hit by Alabama. And yes, he, it was. That's a then, great song. And his name was Tim, De, is Tim Dubois. My friend's name is Michelle Dubois. She's still my best Dubois. friend in the world. And she's still, she's in Atlanta, which is where I started playing out. We were from Nashville. I went to law school in Atlanta. Right, right. And that's when I was like, you know what? Let's start right. Like, what are we doing? We we have talked about this for how long? So let's do it. So she came to Atlanta, and then we just stuck. And Atlanta embraced us. Such a cool scene at a time where I told you, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, and you girls knew how to play. That's, that's what I picked true. up. What you just said. It's true. And Atlanta is a great, awesome town. But even at then, the art scene is only so big. So if you know what you're doing, and you can come to a town like that and make yeah. a splash. That's so much fun. I came up and started stand-up in San Francisco. Wow. And so the first three years, I started really making a splash towards the end. Right. I played the Great American Music Hall. Oh, sold it out. I played there. That's awesome. Isn't that place awesome? Yeah, Isn't I did that with Dave. Dave oh, you Cross. did with David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was just a, right after, like, this is when I was still local, but I got on Last Comic Stand, which was that big show. Oh, yeah. But the clubs wouldn't book me because I was only three years in, and I was right. not on the a Hollywood grid. Yeah. But the this jam band guy booked me awesome. at, uh, at the Great American Music Hall, and I remember that being just a, such a dope venue. I love all these venues. That's what I in mean. Nashville, what was the hot? What, what venues were you playing so in the, Atlanta? So in Atlanta, it would be the Earl, which is still around. We I also the had Earl. the Echo Lounge, which is closed down since then, but it opened then. And then the bigger places are like the Variety Playhouse and the Masquerade. We opened for Pavement. Like Pavement's one of my favorite bands. Oh, so great. when when we just started out and got asked to open up for them and PJ Harvey at the time, there was She's so, cool. it was like. At the time, we just started. We we're going to play with the bands that we love. You know what I mean? Because I'm not as heavy alt rock. Yeah. I don't know my stuff that deep. I know yeah. the Pixies. I know the first album. Yeah. I know my Jenny's Addiction. Pavement was great. I know it was like industrial, kind of Nirvana-ish. What was their gen- No, are they they're, more? They're more like college. Uh, they're like. R.E.M.? They just now. R.E.M.'s made. So Pavement yeah, no, just now did like the King's Theater and sold out three nights, right? What they, is it? Pavement. Yeah, yeah, they were a big 90s band. And so they just now did a tour, like, 
like three months ago, four months ago. It's been sold out everywhere. everywhere. Better than ever. It was so good. It was and like, you went to it? I went. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. But yeah. Did you get, did you get backstage? Because you know the old school? I, you know, you didn't hit them up. You, I didn't hit them up. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you, know you can hit them up, but sometimes yeah. it's like, yeah, you go hit up. Did you, did you know of a band called Urge Overkill? Yeah. Like, so they like, remember they got that big hit, Sister Havana, and then they had the Pulp Fiction um, cover of Neil Diamond, the girl, yeah. you'll be a woman. That so, was by Urge and Overkill. Yes. Yeah, so that's a band that, I mean, you know, there's so many. The thing about rock and roll, and it's comedy too, is like, you meet your peers are your heroes and you're like getting to play with them and do things like all the things as a little girl where I was like one day I mean I was into Duran Duran when I was a little girl right and then next thing you know it I'm coming to New York I'm getting a record deal our A&R person's like oh I, I have to do her name was Lisa Lisa Robinson she's still a legend she, she has she's Lisa. amazing Lisa's amazing um, she was like oh I have to do an interview with Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran you want to come and I just remember you know this is my best friend she and I had dreams of Duran Duran when we were teenagers you know like we're like yes and that those little things no matter how nerdy it is those little things are what makes life fun you don't get over it it's like hanging out with Nick Rhodes at the uh, Waldorf Astoria having peanuts and like him talking and asking us questions about our rock band. That's like, that's the thing I dreamed about when I was 16. You know what I mean? Yeah. 10 years later, I'm 26 and that's happening. You know what I mean? That's dope. It's so fun. Rock and roll is uh, how I got to comedy, right? But yeah. that, that time that I was sharing with you is like the beauty of humans that didn't have computers to nonstop keep us in freaking rabbit holes. You know, we had to go out. We had to be with each other. And the only thing you could do was make music to get, do things together, right? You're either watching bands or you're creating music. And the scenes were so tight across the country, at least in the indie rock scene, right? Urge Overkill was opening for Nirvana on that first big tour. That's what I remember, like, and they were, I remember we saw them play with uh, Dinosaur Jr. It was just awesome. I was like, I want to know them. Yeah, I love Dinosaur Jr. I don't know my stuff, but I know my Dinosaur Jr. Yes. Yeah, I know good cuts. That Urge story was just to say later on, we would be opening for them, right? Even Tiger's Monkey, like, they're my like Ed, one of the, they're my friends, and like Ed's well, come to my shows. What is that Any, feeling like? Let me just tell when you. You go on like opening for them, and it's the hippest shit ever. Here, here's the thing, like the little things, like when they're yes. good people and they're cool to you, and they're they are supportive of you. Like that thing just changes everything. When you're sitting there and you're like, I remember this. I did a show in Connecticut. My guitar string broke. And this is the Kip Winger solo era. So it was like, where's Kip Winger's playing on this festival? And my string broke and Kip Winger comes up and he's like, here, and he takes my guitar to go fix the string. And I was like, that's the nicest thing ever. Like this dude came out of nowhere. And the same with like Urge. Oh, I'll help you move your amps. I'll do this. God, there's so many good people that I've met. And I also think like, especially in music, as much sexism exists everywhere, I've never been around so many supportive men that treated me so well and like continue to support me as artists like than the people I met through music. Like the rock and roll talented humans, it's just so awesome. Yeah, it is a lot of artistic uh, people. And uh, you have to be sensitive. When you're an artist, you have to be sensitive because that's how you just learn about shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially, I would say that 90s and especially Nirvana, there was kind of a feminism. There was kind of respect towards women. Whereas in the 70s rock and roll is like, yeah, it's the dudes. Yeah. But then kind of punk rock kind of 
kind of busted open a lot of those Yes. Joan Jett. Uh, yeah, she's who's, amazing. Who's like the best females coming right. out? Like, like that kind of kicked the doors open of all rock. I would say, it's oh, who's the basis for talking heads? That oh chick. my God, Tina Weimau. She's amazing. She's yeah, amazing. amazing. And that's one of, I think that seeing the talking heads when I was a teenager was probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. Next to seeing every Van Halen show when I was a kid. I went to every Van Halen show. Talking about, uh, talking heads. That, that was chick me. is funky. She, yeah. That song, Yes. You can't get funkier than that. I've heard that at every hip hop club. It's, it's been sampled so million times. Mariah good. Carey made it into like this huge. It's pop. so true. And, and it's just from that great bass line. That's just a right. Soft singing. In the yes, back. it's so awesome. But you're right. Like that grunge era. Even though that was like the grunge movement was a thing of dudes, but yeah. from it there was like this emergence of all these women in like the breeders like Kim Deal she's amazing I saw L7 Pixies. for uh, the Beastie Boys L7 oh yeah L7 yeah. was amazing oh, they were but punk and I liked that I feel like I feel like you brought up the Pixies and I feel like Kim Deal was like the person for us to be like who is that woman in the coolest band ever? Yes. And that, I mean, I'm... And I'm Sonic Youth. Who's the child Oh, yeah, Sonic Kim Youth. Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I always thought she was cool. Definite. And they had a good vibe. Definite, definite. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. band I used to see all the time. Really? Yes. You saw them live? Oh, my God. So many times. In every city I lived in, Nashville and Atlanta. Like, I was I was in it. Like, that. that's, you know, that's a scene. Yeah, yeah it's like, those are the peeps and... All of the musicians that I met through that, like we're still friends, we're still playing. I'm gonna play till I'm 90. I've told oh, you. I, I like, know you look I, great. You can play. You sound great. I, you know, I think when you set your life up with this, like, you can't take me down. I don't care what you say to me. Oh, you didn't play uh, what Madison Square Garden. I really don't care. Like. My friend Ted Leo played Madison Square. He was like, nobody could hear me. Nobody cares. You know what I mean? And it's like, my thing is, I don't, that's not why I do it. No. And it's like, I've always thought that shit will be funny and awesome to be 90 years old on stage with some cat glasses and this old grainy dress, whatever. I'm, I'm probably But not even having a bass in the living room, an electric bass, I always, I dream of having an electric bass and a little orange amp and just play with that. Dude, you gotta do that right now. I know, I, but I got, a, I, I got an eye on a beat machine that I want. It's a Roland 404, it's this little mini thing. That's awesome. We gotta do some music. Yeah. I, I, I put out a little uh, musical album but uh, Ooh, myself yeah. over the pandemic of, of old cuts and then I cut in some new ones. Yeah. I was going to drop just a little, not this, this but yeah. Atlanta, my rock star yeah. moment. Yeah. Was, uh, I got to play the Fox Theater Shoot. with Mitch Hedberg. Oh, that's awesome. And talk about being cool. Oh, which, coolest. Why wasn't I there? You, I don't know why you were there because that was a different, like Mitch was like on that David Cross alt scene but yeah. he wasn't really an alt comic and he kind of had his own like yes. following. Yeah. But it was a lot of bands, like the Strokes were backstage when yep. we played New York and stuff yep. like that. Yep. So, and then my other one was, it's you're right about the little things. Because something I'll always take with me, and he wasn't that, like, we didn't have a relationship yeah. or anything, and he definitely warmed up to other comics, but I it was like three years in, mm -hmm. I was doing stages everywhere in San Francisco, and I went to the good stage, but it was at midnight, and it was a great show, but it was a lesbian bar. Oh, okay. It was a midnight show on okay. Wednesday in the Mission. Okay. And I would go, and I was smoking bowls, running around doing comedy in all these coffee shops. I lived in a hostel oh, for wow. like a year. Wow. Doing the nice, I lived, in terms of li being from the street, I lived on the street, it was all strip clubs and dealers. Wow. And and, but I was just comedy. I wasn't partying, I wasn't doing anything. Just going to I clubs. just dropped everything and just went all in and it had a dope scene. But this is the thing. I was there and Robin Williams showed up. And it's me and Robin Williams backstage at a oh gay my. female 
Lesbian yes. gift show. Awesome. And they, uh, he go, I go on, he, or he went on, and I was going on later. And like he yes. kind of showed up and just like yes. smashed the place up down. That's a, but uh, I remember just being backstage. Yes. And I had like two words with them, yes. but it was a big deal because you know yes. I watched that first special with my dad when I was young. And he passed away when I was young, but it was like it was a special moment to be. And then to get into a place where you're kind of following your dreams yeah. and you get into this surreal moment. Yes. Where you're like, Oh, that dude. Yes, <laughs> and we're, we are connected. I feel like those, I mean, that thing, just even when you're talking about David, like that, our friendship started. He went, came to my show in Atlanta. He was front and center pogoing while we were playing Ultra Baby Fat at that time. And I was just like, dude, that's David. And we had just been on the road and we were just capturing Mr. Show episodes while we were on the road and we're like, that dude's funny. Yes. And our bass player at the time, somehow she knew Dino, who was a writer, and she was like, David's from Atlanta. I was like, what? And next thing you know, he's at our show. He comes up. I was like, hey, we got, we connected immediately. I was like, do you want to do a tour? I'll get our booking agent. We're going to book a rock and roll tour. And that documentary came from that. And like oh our friendship. I always thought he picked you up. I you told him. You told him because he was just producing a TV show. He wasn't touring. Yeah, he had just. He could do a little bit, but it wasn't was, like that level. It wasn't that level. No, it wasn't that. And, and people don't know is that stand up wasn't in rock culture at that moment. No. No. Stand up was still in nerdy 80s style. I like to rob. You know, usually women don't like to pat themselves on the back. But I Go like ahead. to say, I'll show you, out. you know what? I freaking asked him to do that tour. That's we dope. did one, and then he, he called his agent, and he's like, I want to do this again and make an album called Soapbox. Like, meaning, like, in two months, let's do another tour. Called Soapbox. And he was like, I want to do this tour. I want this band with me. Let's do it. And I will say, I was integral to saying, let's do this. And then when I came here, I befriended, like, at that time, it was, like, Leo Allen and Eugene Merman and Dimitri Martin. They were my friends when I moved here, and they had never done a tour. And I was like, all right, I will set this up for us. I got some schools. I got, I took, they had never done it. And that was, like, yeah, right? And so that that was, like, that thing, you know, and that was, like, what, two, you know, 2003 and four maybe you know but like that's the scene here I'm sure it was electric I was around yeah uh, I was coming in from San Francisco and I just got off with TV so I had a little bit of like the first couple times I tried New York I got kicked out I only made it like yeah. a couple months and I moved back to San Francisco <laughs> and finally tough. got a TV credit and I came to town and guess what it was still tough <laughs> And so, uh, but no, no, but I remember, yeah, I have uh, relationships with David. I, I mean, yeah. I did shows with David, but I was a huge, Tenacious D and uh, oh, yeah. Mr. Cross was a big deal for me to get yeah. into comedy. Me too. Like, I remember watching Tenacious Mr. D, Show. that's right. Tenacious yeah, Mr. Show, and uh, now they're so blown out and mainstream a bit, but I remember that being like remember this that? weird, like, little thing, and yeah. then everybody just was like, oh, that shit's funny. Right. That shit's weird. Right. And I was like, uh, yeah, it. So, so I would love to get like some of those it's, guys on the podcast. And that's it like, like weird. It was a different scene. Yeah. Well, that's that thing what you're saying about those little things. I feel like we're connected. Like, how did I literally had said when David was at that show? At the moment, I had met every rock star that I. I mean, even Mick. I was like, Mick Jagger, I met him at my sister's graduation because his daughter graduated with her. So, so it's like I had been around everybody. You I was, the deal, yeah. I was like, we both looked at each other, Michelle and I, who liked to laugh, my partner in the band. And we're like, this is exactly who we want to meet. And those friendships, I mean, me, you being my friend, I saw you yeah, on yeah, stage, yeah, 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 yeah. and I was like, that is my people. Yeah, yeah. I got to be friends with them, and we're friends, and that, you feel it, you know it, you, you know. It. No, my two guys were like Mitch Hedberg and Orange Barker. Those yeah. were my two guys that I looked up to that I saw when I first started out. I was like, those guys are, that's the fucking style. Yes. That's the punk that I like. Yeah. Uh, and those guys both took me out on tour and it oh, helped see, me look, along the way. See? Uh, yeah, it's just like, that's how, you know, 
know, it does go through friendship. And yeah. It goes through a love because you just love the certain things. I think David loves punk rock. Yeah. He loved all the, that Atlanta urban. He supports women. I mean, supports, he, yeah, yeah. you know, and then we just all about laughing and having a good time. Yeah, he's I mean. one of the funniest cats out there. Yeah. It was, it was definitely a, a life-changing sort of thing in my life because I always knew music was a part of my life. Being someone who always loved funny people and liked to laugh, and my own self and my friends, I didn't know I would get here and they would be like, why don't you, why don't you, do you want to help produce this comedy show? And then meeting all those women that I love. And like you were saying, Variety Shack, it's a it's, yes. it's, uh, shack, which is Shanali, Andrea Rosen, Chelsea Peretti, and Heather Lawless. And to this day, I don't think there's any group like us. I don't care. I watched like, a couple of them early, but they still stand up. Thank you. I would say you're still funny, That's you know, because yeah, you know you watch old shit sometimes and you're like, oh, this shit's whack. Yeah. No, you're, it's still good. We And we literally, because of this, because after, now with some, you know, perspective and moving on, doing different things, they're all in LA. We all were like, wait, this is still good. So we did, before the pandemic, we did two more films. Oh, nice. Um, so it's like, we still exist. We just don't perform right now. We were going to do some We're more like the shows. Yeah. <laughs> you guys come together. The girls come together. The shack comes together. And, uh, you know, the beehive. Chelsea's out there in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, man. We're down the Lower East Side. I got it. I got a text from Fred Armisen during this time being like, I got to tell you, I'm spending all Saturday watching your shack videos he's like y'all you guys he doesn't say y'all i say y'all y'all are my inspiration like you guys are big inspiration to me i was like i know i know that yeah no um, no i, I agree i was no, like I, I, I thought you need to tell more people that though fred because Dude, yeah, you're, you gotta you're, recognize the women. We're gonna, get yeah, we're, gonna recognize, we're gonna get a movie, we're gonna get TV, this podcast is, But I do want, not to drop name yeah, drop yeah, yeah. and all that stuff, but yeah. uh, what I find interesting about you, and it is a connection to David Cross, is that you guys are from the South. Yes. And there's not that many Southerners in stand up, especially true. not in New York scene. That's so it's true. cool when you find them. And I always say, That's like, true. the coolest people I know are. Non-racist Southerners. I, that's so. Thank you, Kit. I, I don't. But that might be just I, because I, that's where I'm from, or I, that's where a lot of the, it's just the low keyness. I just like the low keyness. I have to agree. I've had this conversation. You know, my co-host of my podcast, Christian. He's biracial, right? He's half Haitian and half Irish Catholic. And we had this talk about race and racism. Yeah, I don't want to go deep. Yeah, but, gotta be but I just was like, I got to say that my white, non-racist friends from the South are like much more like get it than any of my white <laughs> friends from it anywhere else they like are so like cool and proactive about just just being good people and like i was just like it's a whole other level and he was like really compare and i was like yeah the ones that get it they just it's a whole other thing because they're from the south they deal with they've it they've seen and, it they've seen it in its real form yeah and i saw it in its real form yeah and uh so you yeah you so you so if you have compassion in your soul and not to go Jesus-y, but just Christianity is like, if you're going to do it for real, real. That's it. You know, if you're going to do it for real, real. You got to, that's the yeah. thing. Here, I mean, hey, I love, I love Do it everybody, yeah. Right? Whatever works for you. But you yeah. can see, like, I think a lot of times here, people, like, preach, preach, preach without, like, actually doing the work, right? I'm like, you live in an exclusive white community you've never hung out with a person of color and you're talking crap about people down south you don't like you don't even know because you haven't done the work that kind of stuff people anyway. don't know if they've never been there that's what yeah. you kind of got to give them you know and yeah I, I didn't that's understand, true and i love new york yeah i love after new york i've lived here for 15 years like i think i just understand new yorkers and i sympathize yeah with the hustle 
Yes. Because it's on all day, every day, as yeah. we know. Yeah. That's how you have to survive. Yeah, nonstop. And when you're from the South, it's not on all day. No, that's true. So it I does teach you that. And, that, and there's good, hardworking, compassionate people yes. in New York. Yes. In the New Jersey. Oh, man. Philly, everywhere. There's yeah. good people. Yes, totally. Man. I mean, we wouldn't be here if there wasn't. No doubt. It's just like, I just, I'm, t I'm making fun of literally like some of my super liberal um, male comedian friends who, who, because of me, like I feel like a purpose for me to be here is to spread this with them, right? And they're like, oh shit, you're calling me out. It's true. I need to, I need to work on that. And it's cool. That is one of the best things is like having friends that will listen like, let's make this happen. But New York is so awesome. I feel like it's such an extension to me of the South in that people are nice, right? They are nice in South. New Yorkers might be more abrupt and straight up. But so you would not live here if you didn't like people, because you're around people, a million people. All, all the time. And if you live here, you like people, and you want to know, you make new friends all the time, you meet cool people all the time. I'm blown it's just, just coming here on the yeah. subway, just seeing people. It's so awesome, and that, yeah, it's mind-blowing. It is... It's the cool part of America, not to go... <laughs> but uh, it's just a cool part of America that it's so diverse. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like, I, like, I saw an Orthodox dude next to it, like a billionaire yumpy dude, and then a skateboard. You know, it's just like everybody. Everybody. You don't get that everywhere. No. No. You get that. No. You, you there's, there's only a couple places in the oh, universe you get right. that. Yeah. Totally. That's this place. That's right. That's why you gotta respect it. Totally. You gotta, do, you gotta give it respect. Oh my God. Love it all the oh my time. God. My husband will never leave. You know, he's from Oregon. Oh, he won't leave. He, he's, he's just kidding. like, he's just like, I get, I get anxious if I'm gone from New York for too long. He likes to travel, but he's just like, if you take him upstate even, right? You'll go visit friends. We have all these people out yeah, places. Upstate, I dig it up. He'll go, he'll go up there and then like for a little while he's like, oh my God, I have flashbacks in my small town. Oregon where he got called he'd be like if you skateboard you get called a faggot yeah. and I was like what I never in Nashville we don't. he's like you're from the city yeah I am from a little town sticks in Oregon I was like that's wild I'm Buena Vista Virginia the town of 5,000 so, you, so it's oh, a yeah. different yeah it's a, yeah. anything artistic or out of the box is looked upon kind of weird yeah and then you know the roughnecks and the bullies yeah I mean that, I mean I I just didn't know. I guess I just thought it was all poor. Nashville is nice. Yes. And, and it's diverse. That's what's it's we're diverse. Giving a, we're giving a shout out to Nashville. Yes, they Nashville. Got cool Indian chicks that yes. play guitar. And, uh, uh, what's your favorite Nirvana song? Oh. Or do you even, are you over them? Is it done? No, you know what? Or does it still read? I, you know what? Is it too dark? Sometimes I, I think it's too dark. I was a college DJ at Vanderbilt in Nashville. And when Bleach came out, I played that out. I was like, You did? You oh, yeah, I played it. Out the get-go? Out the get-go. We were oh, just nice. like, and at the time, I was like, oh, I want to move to Seattle. All these people. Um, and then when Nevermind came out, I was living in Memphis. It was like Memphis. Which is awesome. Cool. And I got to see that tour in a cool oh venue. God. Yeah. Was that with at, the Chili Peppers? That was, they were headlining. It was like, ne Nevermind, they headlined. It was just, it was oh, just that, yeah, they were headlining. Like, like, I, I and, remember the tour. There was like it was the Smashing Pumpkins, uh, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Nirvana. Small like thousand seats. I was a yeah. freshman. And I didn't go. I remember like, not. I wanted to, but I didn't buy the tickets or whatever. And I said like, I should have gone to that show. That I never saw. It was so. I mean, it was you so saw awesome. Never tour. And then I even saw them. And they blew it down. Do you remember? Was, I remember one of the coolest things is like this woman. I will never forget her. This woman just got on stage and started doing this crazy, like, hippie ballet dancing. But it was awesome. And she was just... I mean, and they were was, letting her do it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And we were up close. And it's just, like, it felt good. And then I remember, like, two years later, you know, they were playing these huge venues. And actually, Urge Overkill was opening. And it was like... I, I mean, I hate to say... 
I want everyone to succeed and to do well. But for me personally, I like being in a 1,000 is like my, no, no. yeah. Yeah, me I, too. I, yeah, yeah. I, I just, that's my thing. And if I can use my money, which I didn't have much back then, right. to go see a band in a 1,000 seat. I saw Radiohead in a 1,000 seat. Oh, like venue. a 350. Three, oh, yeah. 500. Bowery Ballroom yeah. is my, like, prime. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's What's to that, me. 650? Yeah. I think it's like 550, maybe. It's, yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah. like, and it's got the, uh, that's my love. Yeah. Um, but exactly. So I didn't seek out seeing Nirvana after that. It's on the Masquerade, which is like, was like a thousand maybe. But man, what I remember is when um, the album after Nevermind came out, I could feel, I could feel hurt not being proud of his songwriting even though it's amazing lyricist yes. he's amazing because I can hear the same chord progressions and I knew he was just like I gotta get this out my label wants this I knew he was disappointed with it people are gonna hate me for this but I knew it because I can feel it I can feel those songs and I was like he's not I mean look they're better than most anybody's songs no, I know what you're saying Kurt, that album was so dope and I love just the cut Cover. Yeah. So that made a good imprint on you yeah. as a garage rocker. Yeah. You were like, yeah, yeah, he's not doing it for real. Yeah, and he, I knew he knew it. Like, I felt for him. I could feel like, oh my God, he's going to be upset with himself and think this is like some commercial sellout stuff. Because he, I mean, you knew on, on Nevermind, it Smells Like Teen Spirit is a song about hating his audience, right? Yeah. It's about that. It's just like, I'm the enter I feel like a clown up here on stage. And then you get to this next album, and I was like, oh, no. I mean, I still used to listen to it all the time. Yeah. It, it, you know. And then you get to Foo Fighters, and then, and then Dave Grohl, he started doing that, too. And, you know, he's a gazillionaire. So good for him, but, you I know. Like, I'm not, I don't hate on Dave Grohl. I don't hate on any of that. I mean, I, like, I think he's an awesome person. And a great I, musician. I'm just talented. I'm just of, of his work ethic. Yeah. And then how he lines it up is just very clean and mean. And yeah. Get it done. Push it out there. You know. It's a lot like ACDC. Like Bill Burr. I was thinking Bill Burr is like ACDC. Like it's just like, wow. You know, and that sometimes you need that's, yes. that's good. And especially if you're, you know, in the business of putting something out there. Yes. If you want to play 500, you know, if you want to get more experimental well, it's or weird thing where and get beat machine involved. I think it's like a compliment to Dave Grohl and that what I'm saying is like, I know he misses that aspect. Like he would have, a, if he could have, remember how freaking Garth Brooks had like Chris Gaines, he had an alter ego yeah, where yeah, he yeah. could do something else. Yeah. It's like, I know if Dave Grohl could do that too and like somehow not be himself because that is so fun, right? It's so fun. It's so fun. No, as a guy that loose. plays regular comedy clubs, but then I get to go and get my freak on at weird rooms, and I get in my head like now I've been like, okay, Rob, you gotta get on TV. Let's get an opener. You gotta do an opener. You have to have an opening joke. And so I do that, and I'm just not as funny. And then I go and where I'm just letting it loose, and I'm like, they might not see me, but this shit's really funny. That's what I'm talking about. You know the difference, like even watching that. I can that. feel the difference, and I've had success in both arenas, and you, you can tell where it can go puppetry a little bit. Yes. And everybody's got to make a buck, and, yeah. and, and businesses that got to get done. And, right. Uh, well, he's I would definitely see all the. I would go see a Foo Fighter show. I would go see, you know, a oh, yeah. Bill I mean, show. I've seen all four. I've seen many Foo Fighter shows. Just that's just the, the artist in me. Like hope. I want everyone to like enjoy what they're doing. You know Did what you I mean? Cross paths with white stripes. That was about oh, that time. So, so yeah, I've seen them definitely in small rooms. The friendships with them. It, it, I'm friends with the. The rhythm section, the raconteurs. They used you to be a band. Greenhorns. Greenhorns. Those yeah. are some of my brothers in rock and roll. And they and were from Ohio. They're from Ohio. And you did the circuit with those kids. Yeah. In fact, I invited them to do some of the dates we did with David Cross. And so we did, like, we had so much fun. So on that tour, they did some of those dates. We stayed friends all this time. So 
the bass player, his name is Jack Lawrence. Jack Lawrence. And shout he's out. shout out. He's awesome. He's so fun. He's got that cool like crazy bob hair, and he just got these big giant glasses. He's such a good bass player. I've seen him play with other bands. Uh, Dead Weather, he played. Oh, yeah, drum. great. And then he I played. was going to say, rhythm section is dope because it's the, it's the basses and the drums, which I love. They are now, so were those cats known as like the best? They are two of the best. And Patrick, and that's why they got Patrick Keeler is the drummer, and uh, we were in the same scene. And first time I saw them play is in Detroit. We did this uh, festival called Gutter Fest, and there's a bowling alley. It's called the Magic Stick, where we all play. Yeah, totally. And we had a Festival. I was playing, I was in the Manor Asterman female clone band, which is like that surf rock crazy band. Yeah, 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 so yeah. they recruited a bunch of awesome women that yeah. played in that. So we played, we headlined, and they were in the, the other band. And that was friendship right away. And then Detroit was where the White Stripes were. So they were all in that same scene. It's garage rock. So Jack uh, Yeah, you got to get that rhythm White's. section and get them to back you on a track. Definitely. Back, with you singing on guitar. This is, you know, I think about going to record in Atlanta and Nashville for this next album and like getting all these musicians that you know yeah, just for a day to goof it yeah. and see if they'll be signed just sign this just let me yeah. have this bass track yeah, yeah totally he's that they're definitely like awesome like that yeah but it is it, fun friendships yeah so when they they played here during the pandemic so I did go I think during I remember you telling me this and yeah. so much fun so yeah I mean the I got King's the Theater right it was uh, they did Manhattan. do a King's Theater but they did a Manhattan one Roseland they did Roseland you saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we all hung out, so there was like a party after. So I got to, you know, hang with the, you know, Jack White in that scenario where I'm talking to him about Nashville and my, we have the mutual friends and that stuff. So I've seen him around for a long yeah, time. Yeah, musicians, the same thing with comedians. It's like you just run into these cats yeah. that you know and you kind of, yeah. And you know what? He's someone I think that's getting to do what he loves. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he he's... He's still stuck to his thing, you know? And yeah. uh, I don't feel like he's, oh, I'm missing out. And you know what? He isn't because he always comes up with another side project that he does, so he gets it all out, you know? Like, I think so. that's where you're trying to get to and I'm trying to get to. Yeah. As an artist, you just want to get to a secure place, yep. finance everything, and then you can just go ham. Yes. And start like doing these And include and all my friends. Include all my like, friends. Like, Rob, I want you in anything. If any show I pitch gets picked up, I want you in it. You oh, know what I'm saying? Same, same. That's what I'm talking about. It's about that, you know? It's the only way it's fun. Yeah, it's the way it's fun. <laughs> and working with people that, that kind of get you and understand. Yeah. Shanali, uh, is there anything? We'll wrap it up. I know you're busy. Yes. And you're running around. Well, I was just going to tell plug, you. Plug, plug, your website. Oh, yeah. All that stuff, even if it's cheesy. Well, one is I'm so honored to be here. I just want to say, like, I've spent my life... My best friends are all stoners, most all of them. Yeah. And what's really funny is I'm not, but because of it, I just never have a clue. So I'll be like, so I didn't know for 10 years in one relationship before Jasper, yeah. that I had no idea that my boyfriend was considered the biggest stoner of them all. I was like, what? And they were like, no, don't you notice? Because when he would smoke, I didn't know that was a lot. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, what? And these are from other stoners. So I really love still being that person that's like, okay, so asking, I'm still asking questions all this time. Stoners are awesome. <laughs> no, no, no. I will attest to that, Shanali, uh, because I did hit a joint before I got here, right outside, before meeting you. And you know, when you first meet somebody, we usually see each other at night, so it's like daytime, yeah. and you were a lot of fun. But I was like, usually, sometimes when you're stoned, you're like, oh man, this person's too much right now. No, you talk about rock and roll, talk about comedy, you're having chai latte, I said, you want a chai latte? Hell yeah, I want chai latte. 
Oh, yeah, I'm gonna oatmeal cookie. It's all so good. Yeah, it's all well, so good. I'm so excited to be on here. Let me just tell everybody my uh, my Insta is Chanelli Bomic. It's at Chanelli Bomic, but I have a band called Tigers and Monkeys. We're at Tigers and Monkeys Music. We have three albums, four, three albums out. Working on a new one. We, Stream it on Spotify. Yeah, it's on Spotify. My old band was called Ultra Baby Fat. Um, it was three women and a guy. We rocked. It, actually, two and two. Anyway, it's like now it's funny because all these kids love that band. Like now I'm like coming up to teenagers that are into it. It's all cool how like, I mean, you know, people. If you do good kids art, are, it, it'll stick around a little that's longer. That's true. You know. You did some good shit. Thank you. It is crazy. Everybody's dressing like the 90s. So listen to 90s music. Cool. That's cool. It that was my 90s rock and roll band. So. Dude, we're Gen X to the core. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can, with these zeers and all this new stuff, I don't know, I like Jenna. I'm down, I agree. We, we, we still got a little bit of an edge to us, but we're not as judgmental. And, uh, True that. Yeah, even though we're getting old. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Yeah, but I'm, I'm snorting too much movie and all that. All right, Shanali, thank you so much. Thank you so Peace much, Rob. Love. Peace and love. Thank you.